This episode is all about how to use YouTube to your advantage. You're going to enjoy this one. You're listening to Behind the Note Podcast, brought to you by a musician for musicians. Here, you will get advice toward a successful music career. This show is made to educate, inspire, motivate, and empower. Now, here is your host, Chris Davis. Hello, everybody. Thank you for pressing play today. This is episode number 22. Another great show is ahead. I have another in-house guest, and I love having in-house guests because, first of all, in my opinion, the sound quality of the episodes are better. But beyond that, we get to look face-to-face in person, and that's, and that's great. So I want to tell you a little bit about today's guest. I discovered her through doing some keyword research, and she was in the top 10 on Google for uh, drum lessons at the time that I was searching. And I thought that wasn't pretty incredible because it's important to be in the top 10 of a search for for what you're doing, for your work, for for your job. So I figured that she had the right mind as far as marketing is concerned. So I wanted to talk to her. I wanted to see what she's doing. I wanted to see what her what her what her plans are. She teaches people how to play the drum set through videos that she has On YouTube, she's responsible for tens of thousands and even hundreds of thousands of hits. This is incredible. It's my pleasure to introduce to you today, Mrs. Gina Knight. Thank you, Gina, so much for joining us today on the show. We're glad to have you. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, Chris. We have another (laughs) in... (laughs) Yeah, I play trumpet. (laughs) We have another in-studio guest, Gina Knight, here and. She is hilarious. We've been <laughs> cracking up for like the last 15 minutes. Yep. This is very, <laughs> this is going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So Thanks want, for me. Oh, of course. I want to get into the show by asking you, <laughs> she's making faces. <laughs> I want to I ask you, how did you get into playing uh, drum set in the first place? Okay. Yeah. That's a great question. And it's funny because I kind of feel like drums found me. It's an interesting evolution, but I um, started on classical piano. That's my first instrument and kind of came from a a poor background, single mom and the whole bit, you know, but my mom always thought that, you know, culture should come first. So she got me um, into classical piano lessons um, weekly and I studied uh, pretty consistently for five years and it was a great foundation for me and it developed discipline and I learned to read music and all that and and uh, right around uh, the age of 10 I joined the school band in fourth grade I guess it was and there was no piano in band so they put me um, on the mallet instrument the glockenspiel (laughs) so um, so that's kind of how I found my way to the percussion section and then one day at school the the kid who played snare drum was absent from from school so I got the old sidekick you know from my my band director he's like go ahead kid you know pick up a pair of sticks you could do it Um, but I'm like but Mr. Minor I don't play drums you know Uh, he's like you do now you know so um, so I, I remember it was like a march and I just followed along with the music and it was something like and I just loved it and I just was hooked at that point so um so snare drum was my first um real you know introduction to drumming and then I got a uh you know a nice cheapo little drum set for Christmas and um cut my teeth on that and then um I had two years of private lessons with a great drum set uh teacher 
And at that point, I was about uh, 12 or 13, and I started going out to jazz clubs and sitting in with um, jazz trios. So uh, even though they were reluctant, (laughs) I had a lot of nice people along the way that uh, saw my you know, eagerness and desire to, uh, to, to get in there. And, um, yeah, that's how I, you know, and just kind of, uh, getting that live experience and playing for people right away was what developed me, I think, as a performer. And that's kind of what stuck at an early age. So that sounds great. Now, the first lesson that we learned right here is that you got to show up or you're going to get replaced. <laughs> right. That's right. That's Thanks for showing up. Yeah. yeah. That's a great key uh, lesson, right? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> you don't want to lose your gig. Right. I'm, I'm sorry for that other guy. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just I'm just teasing. <laughs> um, also, I want to know about I want to know about your teachers. Uh, tell me b- about some of your your favorite teachers, I guess, that you feel might have had the m- the greatest influence on you. Yeah. Um, well, I've been really lucky with a lot of great mentors that um, uh, not only taught me, but they, they really took me under their wing. You know, they, they took me on gigs, you know, and they gave me that experience. And <clears throat> my first um, real <laughs> teacher band director was uh, Kent Minor. I grew up in Berwyn, um, outside of Chicago. And um, he was the one that took me to the jazz clubs and stuff. And uh, really, uh, there was a couple of key lessons that he taught me one time in uh I was it was junior high and we had a um a dinner dance you know the jazz band was performing for a dinner dance and someone forgot to pack all of the drum charts you know and um we could have easily gone back to the school for him but he just looked at me and he said kid you could do it you know and I was like but you know that's all my music you know he's like listen you'll be fine, you know? So I played the whole gig without any music and that was the best thing that could have happened to me because he was actually developing my instincts, you know, and helping me to, you know, learn how to listen to everybody. And so those were the invaluable lessons along the way, you know? Um, Another experience in high school was when we had a band competition and we went to Washington, D.C. And this was under the direction of a, of a different band director. But um, <laughs> some kid forgot like half the drum set. You know, he forgot to pack the toms. So, so there again, there was there was a thing where I had to, you know, kind of play and be creative. It was almost like pots and pans feel um, to win this drum competition. And or not, it wasn't a drum com. I'm sorry, it was a jazz band competition. But it was cool because the judges were like, "Hey, you know, she's swinging on one ride cymbal, a snare, and a hat." You know, and and I think they noticed that. You know, I was trying to make lemonade. You know, so so those were the experiences. You know, along the way that really teach you uh, that you know life is not perfect. Music you know is not perfect you're going to have to there's always going to be you know unforeseen things that come into play but it's how you react and how you how you make the best out of a situation you know so um yeah so I had I just had great teachers I um also spent a lot of years in um playing in uh under the direction of uh uh Dr. Richard Fisher at Concordia University and that was a great experience too because it was a college band it was um, a concert band university band it was college age and above and i auditioned when i was 12 and and he you know 
my mom didn't tell him my age. He thought I, I was maybe 16, 17. You know, he knew I was a little younger, but he comes into the band room and I'm, I'm just there with my sticks and a snare drum and a piece that I had prepared. And he's like, no, no, no. He's just shaking his head, almost walking out of the room, you know, this little thing, you know. But my mom's like, you got to hear her. You just got to hear her, you know. So I did a little thing and he's like, all right, we're going to make this work, you know. So I had five years playing with people, you know, five 10 years older than me and those are the the greatest things you know for a kid that's coming up you know I just have that you know equal opportunity if you would say you know and and not um age uh biased or or even gender biased you know what I mean so it's it was great I I got lucky there that's really that's really important (laughs) yeah you got to get that experience with people older older than yourself yeah for sure and (laughs) and those were jazz groups is that true you know, it was a little of everything. Okay. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was the jazz trios when I was 12, 13, um, the concert, more orchestral setting at, at Concordia, right around the same age, 12 to about 12 through 16. Um, I got a chance to do some pit orchestras because I lived in Berwyn. It was close to a lot of theater stuff. So I was close to, um, you know, Oak Park and all, it was just a lot of theater going on. So I, um, I started getting hired hired for um, pit groups when I was 14. So I just had a lot of early experience that I think helped me um, not only develop my craft, but get an eye and ear for what's going on business-wise, too. You know, like learning how to network and learning. I, you know, I just, plus I'm a ham. So, <laughs> you know, so I think it came naturally, too. You know, <laughs> I'm like, hey, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to compliment your, your ride symbol. Oh, yeah, that's some, that's <laughs> something that I'm very uh, particular about, and and I oh. heard it, and I was like, oh man, that's that's really nice. Thank you. Just like the choice of ride symbol or the the the, the technique, the the approach and how you how you play it. Oh, thanks. ultimately, it's all about the sound that that comes out. I, I agree. I like, I like the sound and feel. It's not washy. Oh, you thanks. Can, you can hear the attack, and it feels good. Thank you. Yeah, you know, so. I, I someone gave me a. Dave Brubeck CD when I was around 11, 12 years old. I think that was a very <laughs> pivotal age for me, obviously, because I keep going ba- back to that time. But Joe Morello, the drummer on that Take 5 CD, was the first um, jazz drummer that kind of seeped into my subconscious. I think I learned how to swing based on hearing him play. And he had this really, like, it was kind of a just such a nice relaxed feel and yeah with his symbol I guess it's just because he had nice vintage you know washy kind of symbol um I just I just love that sound so I spent you know my time trying to recreate that feel or so that's one of my earlier drumming influences I would say Joe Morello and uh, Gene Krupa I love (laughs) so I'm gonna I'm gonna transition on you here now I gotta tell how I got to know of Gina Knight this is kind of interesting to me. I was uh, getting into business, internet business, and then I started doing some keyword research. And and for those who might not know what that means, it just simply means, uh, for example, if you're a business owner and you want people to discover you for your, your trade, if you are a uh, let me think of something. I'm looking around my place. If you sell keyboards, I have a keyboard right mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. If you sell keyboards and when people type in keyboard in Google, you want to be in that top 10 so that they can find you 
because you have a better chance of getting customers. So I was doing some keyword research and then I I was just practicing to see what is what and I found under drum lessons that's how I discovered Gina Knight because she was in the top 10. Gina, you were in the top 10. That's fantastic. And you're the first person Google. that told me that and I yeah. that is such a nice thing to <laughs> Thanks for the feedback. That's Yeah. That's well, cool. I was really surprised uh, I didn't really know you well then, but I knew of you through Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And and when I saw Gina Knight in the top 10, I was like, whoa, this is incredible. Like, I wonder if she did this on purpose. No, she has. Man, this isn't. Wow. I was just like, oh, my goodness. I got, <laughs> I got to meet her. I have to find out like what she did to to get here. And and uh, and the fact that you were local, we're practically neighbors. Yes. You know, I, I was like, I have to take advantage of this because I didn't know anybody else yeah uh, that was that was doing that yeah so uh and then we were supposed to go i e- I emailed gina and i was supposed to uh meet for coffee and and that didn't it didn't happen and then like just a few weeks ago i was editing a podcast for you guys and <laughs> wink wink yeah and then <laughs> gina walked in to the Starbucks. So we got our coffee shop hang yeah. after all. Yeah, that, that was, <laughs> it was just kind of ironic to to finally meet face to face that way. Yeah. And we, we had talked on the uh, on the internet. Almost fate-like, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, we should get together, you know? I think that's cool when stuff like that happens. You know, you mentioned that um, the keyword search thing. Um, that, again, is one of the things that I feel grateful, lucky, blessed to have known the right person at the right time in my life. I was kind of, I was thinking what my next thing was. And I reached out to a good friend of mine, uh, John Barry, who owns a very successful events company in Chicago called Star Events. And he's got just a bunch of things happening in the summer and, and beyond. And he does a great job. But he's also a drummer. And we were talking about, you know, this online presence that a lot of drummers have as far as these online lessons go. And he mentioned that there's really not too many women doing that. And um, when you type in drum lessons for girls, there's virtually nothing that comes up. So it was his idea to, to have drum lessons girl. I mean, that's his creation, his handle. And I just thought, wow, that's that is so cool. So we started working together on it. And he, um, you know, obviously introduced the whole, th- the the title because of the keyword search thing. I mean, he's really hip on that as far as the internet marketing goes. So that's how the lessons came to be. So, um, so I, I did a few, I threw them online uh, on YouTube and, um, it was really well received. And then I, I, you know, threw another 10 or 12 up there and I just ended up with like 35 videos and it kind of culminated into this um, instructional DVD. So now I have this three hour DVD that's comprised of those lessons and then a lot of other stuff that's not on available on YouTube, you know, so, um, so yeah, it's great. So now I'm starting to market that and um, having a blast with that. It's a grassroots project, completely homegrown and, um, it's available on my website, <laughs> which is wcubed, uh, gkdrums.com, if there's any uh, aspiring drummers out there. 
It's a lot of material on there. I cover um, basically everything from the very beginnings to even, you know, reading drum notation, um, how to hold the drumsticks. I mean, it starts from, you know, square one, and it goes up to some intermediate and almost advanced stuff. Um, I have a bunch of jazz grooves on there, rock grooves, blues grooves, funk grooves, um, a whole Latin section on there, 70 cool drum fills that you know, drummers can integrate into their bag of tricks and everything is notated. So yeah, so that's been my project the you know, last year and uh, it's going really, really well. <laughs> There's so many things I want to ask you about in, in, in regards to this. Um, okay, let's back up a little bit. Sure. And, uh, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's> <laughs> <true>. <laughs> let's go to the, the, go back to the, okay, keyword research just briefly. Mm-hmm. Drum lessons with an S, right? Right. Drum lessons girl. Right. Dot com. Right. That's that's how you guys can find Gina and, Thanks, and Chris. check out the videos. <laughs> and I noticed I watched I watched these videos and something that really stood out to me. OK, I, man, my mind is racing. And <laughs> I have so many things I want to talk about. OK, one thing at a time, Chris. OK, first thing I noticed, one of the first things I noticed you're a good teacher. Oh, thanks, Chris. Thank you. You have you have the ability just to break things down so, oh, so that people can understand. <laughs> how did you learn how to teach? Cool. Cool. I love hearing that. Thank you. Well, okay. <laughs> that's that's a great that's a great one. Um I've always enjoyed teaching. I you know, even when I was a kid, I just um and I did teach Um, when I moved out, you know, to Joliet area, actually, um, the reason why I moved out to Joliet was that I entered this, this competition called Joliet area's best drummer contest. (laughs) When I I was 16, I watched that video and it was the coolest thing I ended up winning. And it was like, you know, these people are nice out here. You know, (laughs) they like me. Um, but the, the, the prize was a new drum set, which was really cool. But, um, so where that came from, it was sponsored by Brandolino Music at the time. So that was my first little introduction to Joliet. So then obviously, naturally, after doing that competition, I was kind of guaranteed a job there. So I I started um, teaching about maybe 20 kids a week there. So I had a full nice little teaching schedule. And that was great. I did that, you know, while going through high school and stuff. And I I, um, that's where I learned, you know, the one on one coaching and teaching and what works, what doesn't. And honestly, I saw a lot of YouTube videos out there of drummers teaching lessons, but they were coming from an intimidating place and almost kind of like I'm better than your place. Showing off a little bit. A little bit, yeah. And I just thought, well, you know, that's cool for that one drummer, but it maybe it's not that helpful to the person trying to learn on the other side. So I just kind of put myself in their shoes of how how it is to learn something new and you know as as a drummer as any musician you know to grasp grasp something you need to to tackle it very slowly so you can develop the muscle memory and so your brain has a chance to really learn it you know and you're not going to do that if if you know guys go blah, 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 you know just you know it's like it's just if you're if you're going buddy rich on them you know what i mean so you have to break things down and i just kind of thought of how how would it be for the student you know so that's really good. You you said two things that I really believe in and base my teaching off of. And one thing is muscle memory mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then uh, breaking this breaking things down for your mind to understand. Yeah. Because playing an instrument is primarily mental. Right. For and, sure. And then secondarily physical. Yeah. And if you build up those muscles, you're and you're physically able to do certain things. 
after you understand them, you're, right. you're in a great place. There's nothing you can't do. Right. And I think I think it's because I've had such great teachers that were encouraging to me. And I know the importance of confidence. So if if someone feels like they're learning something new and they can feel like they had a little victory, that's going to give them a little bit more confidence to tackle even a, a more challenging thing. You know, so without that confidence there, it's easy for people to throw up their hands, throw the sticks down and say, man, I'm not good at this. You know, so I just don't want people to give up. That's right. It's, it really is all about encouragement. I yeah. like that. I mean, we, we're <laughs> yeah, on the we're same cut from the same here. cloth, I yeah, think, you know. <laughs> I, I like that. Okay. <laughs> okay, here's another thing I want to add. This is kind of an interesting thing. But <laughs> and this is I'm getting personal on on you guys. But I used to date someone that was not from the United States and he was trying to learn English. And we would have these little lessons together and I would basically be teaching him English. I mean, he knew enough, obviously, to converse, but he wanted to learn more. And I was trying to put it in my head, how do I learn, how, how do I teach someone a language without belittling them? Because here, this person was my age, you know, he wasn't a student, he wasn't younger than me. I just wanted to like convey the language. And I kind of adapted that to my drum lessons. How do I teach someone a language without making them feel like an idiot, <laughs> you know, so because that's what it is. I mean, it's a language. You're, you know, music is a language. So that's just a little side note. Well, what, what lesson did you learn from that experience about how to express yourself? Well, yeah, that's just it. It's the lesson was um, to not make someone feel bad when they don't know a language, you know, just because I grew up in the United States, just because I speak English fluently and I'm, you know, I can zip along and, you know, da, 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 doesn't mean, you know, don't make them feel bad for not being able to speak as rapidly or as fluently. Um, you know, so that's kind of how I adapted that. That was in my mind when I was doing the lessons, you know, so. <laughs> well, I'm going to piggyback off of your example. <laughs> okay. And, for me, I have two small children. I think I've mentioned that a couple of times on the show. And it's really fun watching their development. Mm -hmm. And my oldest is two. He has a birthday coming up uh, very soon. He's going to be three in a matter of days. But now he's starting to, he's past the repeating section. He used to repeat everything we said. Mm -hmm. And we could tell by looking at him that he understood what we were what we were talking about mm -hmm. he didn't know how to construct his own sentence though sure and yeah. now <clears throat> he's at the point that he's starting to construct his own sentence that's great so he'll you'll ask him a question or you or you'll tell him something and he'll say he'll he'll construct his own sentence on a new set of phrases a new set of words and that's so fun to watch it is it's rewarding yeah. i'm sure as a parent and, it is. you know, rewarding as a teacher if you find that same thing from your students, you know. Well, the cool thing <laughs> is this. I have a younger, my youngest is one, and he's he just babbles. <laughs> so he, <laughs> yeah. he's not even saying real words yet. Mm -hmm. he, he's still at mama and dada. Mm -hmm. But however, if you tell him, uh, go to the kitchen and grab the cup, <laughs> he'll do that mm, because he understands. <clears throat> yeah. And so the the whole thing about um, the language, it's it's fun to watch them because I, one day I was looking at them and I was reminded, oh, man, he's almost three, my oldest. Mm -hmm. He's not. 
But mm-hmm. here he is constructing new uh, phrases. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I can do the same thing in my music. That's great. That's that, great. That yeah. really encouraged me yeah. to, to see their development. So I have a goal by the time my youngest is three and saying new phrases and new sentences i want to do the same thing musically that's awesome yeah that is a great way to piggyback on what i said that's the same yeah it's the same idea there you know the Mm -hmm. language thing so hopefully uh, (laughs) i just gave somebody a new idea yeah and and it illustrates that you need to be patient ah good point correct see you do yeah so (laughs) yeah great story thanks for sharing sure Uh, okay so you talked about uh you mentioned YouTube briefly, and I want to dig into YouTube a little bit with you. I was I was just surprised. Uh, you have tens of thousands of views on your videos, and and the majority of the videos may have a, a couple hundred, maybe you know. So for the average person, but you have tens of thousands. I saw one with over fifty thousand, sixty thousand, ninety thousand views. Uh, was that was that strategy for you or something that just <laughs> no, happened? You no, know? not at all. Yeah, I mean, it's literally, Chris, it was throwing spaghetti at the wall. It's, you know, let's put up these videos and see where it goes. You know, I had actually, I had no no numbers in mind. I mean, obviously, when you do something like that in the back of your mind, it's like, oh, wouldn't wouldn't this be great if it, go, if it went viral, you know, and it had 10 million hits? But um, for me, it's not, it's, that's not as important as it is reaching the right people, you know. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited and happy that my, my most viewed uh, video is the Samba Lesson, and it's got about 114,000 hits now. And a lot of those, um, it just, it's, YouTube is so great because it allows little old me to reach, you know, different areas of the world. And the most rewarding thing is when I get an email or something or a little message from like a guy in Brazil saying, you know, I love your samba. You know, it's, it just, it, it's great that, you know, um, I, I feel like we can, you know, just reach a bigger area, you know? So, um, yeah, YouTube has been great. It's, I like that. Um, uh, well, I don't know if you didn't do it on purpose. I, I know, I know some reasons, uh, why, why you have such success. First of all, you have a high volume of videos. Like how many did you oh, say? Thirty two yeah, or fifty? Uh, yeah, maybe thirty five, forty, something. So, so that's something a lot like of that. videos. That's that's reason number one. That's a good point. So it's you, like a developed channel then. Yeah. Correct. So you mm-hmm. have a lot of videos there. Now how did you release them though? Did you dump them all on the same day? Uh, no, it was over uh, the course of probably six months. You know, I would do probably five videos at a time. Whenever I can get into the studio, I would try to do uh, four or five videos that day. You mean you would record? I would record, correct. Yeah, with four the video. Yeah, and then okay. I, I just, you know, went home and I edited it all in um, my Final Cut program. And then, um, then I would, if I was happy with the four or five, I would upload them, you know, to the YouTube. So it went in uh, waves. I guess, you know. Now, when did you release them? Did you have a structure of when you would release them, like every 10 days or whatever, every two weeks? No, it was pretty informal. It was basically whenever the studio was available, (laughs) you know, that I could get a nice, decent, you know, four or five hours in there. And then, um, yeah, I didn't really have any kind of formal strategy. It was just, it was a thing that was kind of developing and coming together. I, I developed the um, the the website and the Facebook page as soon as I felt like I had enough content. As soon as I had like a nice 10 videos, I felt like, okay, this is enough to actually 
put out, you know, so people can kind of get me like it's, hey, this is this is my tone. This is my vibe. You know, this is kind of what I'm doing. You know, so I waited until I had enough, you know, to put out there. So <laughs> so you had you recorded multiple videos at once mm-hmm. and then you it sounds like you slow leaked them mm-hmm. on, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People started to discover you and you had that that stream of videos coming in mm-hmm. because you went from zero to 30 and yeah. you said I have a very short term memory. Oh yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> so you have a lot. You have a lot of uh, volume there now. Yeah, in a relatively short time, you could say. You know, and within like six months, I was up to like thirty-five videos. Yeah. Now, at what at what point? How much time passed before you started to reach like thousands of views and then ten thousands of views? Did you monitor yeah, that? I did. It was like a slow, steady. Um, I noticed a few videos were jumping in the lead, you know, um, but it was really slow and steady. And then it's it's kind of like a bank account. If you think about it, if you have a hundred bucks, it's going to stay at a hundred dollars, hundred two dollars, hundred three dollars for a while. But then that compound interest starts to kick in and then it becomes more rapid, you know, as time. So it's a it's a it was just a lay in wait sort of thing. You know, I um I, I was learning in the process, though. There was a few videos that I just wasn't happy with. And then I would take them down and then I would replace them with it. And then I and then I put out on my Facebook page. I was like, is there anything you want you guys want to hear? <laughs> you know, is there anything you want to learn? And then this one guy in Colorado said, I really want to learn how to do Rosanna. I want to play that groove, you know? So I thought, okay. And I really, I wasn't too familiar with the tune, but I, I listened to it maybe a few times. And then I, I just kind of constructed a loose lesson in my head. And then I just went in like the next week to do a, a lesson. Now that's like my second most popular vi- video. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Rosanna's, <laughs> you just said second most popular. It yeah. has so many views. Now the reason for that is because of the title. So (laughs) it it really is. So when you guys make YouTube videos, take the title into serious consideration. Yes. Uh, Rosanna is a popular song. Right. So when people are searching for Rosanna, now they're going to find you somewhere in that mix. Now I I did not search that to see where you fall in in that search. That's a good point. And each each YouTube video, obviously the keyword, the buzzwords, is what, um, you know, how you edit it. I made sure that, of course, Rosanna is in there. Drum Lessons Girl is in there. Gina Knight is in there. Gina Knight Drummer is in there. Uh, Drums Gina is, you know, like every kind of combination that could be in a search. I try to put that in the tags. In the the tags. tags. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Yeah, I'm still trying to get used to using the tags (laughs) myself. Like even while doing these podcasts, I want to make sure that people find them the people who want to find them can find them. Sure. It's just like any other business. You know, you have a hot dog stand. The first thing you do, you get a big old sign that says, we sell hot dogs. You know, you want to make it easy for people to find you, easy for people to buy, you know, obviously. And music is an interesting thing. It's Sometimes it's difficult to monetize things, you know. Um, but for for me, my, um, my aim is just to be as visible as I can. And uh, again, just so the reach is there so I can have my material find the right people now i want to know are you leveraging these youtube videos to your advantage to monetize in some way well i kind of think of it as you have to give enough for free so people whether know whether or not they like you or they trust you you know or uh like your teaching style i guess so my thing was just to put a lot out there but then of course develop a 
program that really, if people are serious about learning drums, I mean, I have a program available, which is my three-hour DVD. So I feel like if people like like my stuff enough, you know, enough people will, will pick that up, you know. So, um, yeah, and another thing with my lessons, too, it was, obviously, it's about giving back, but there's of course, a selfish aspect to it. It's a way for me to kind of put all my wares out there saying, I'm a variety player, I can play a variety of genres. And I think it helped me get a lot of gigs, <laughs> you know, so for me, it was a good little strategy, too, because um, it just evokes, you know, confidence in, in band leaders that perhaps want to hire you, you know. So um, for me, it was a good career move, just on the gigging aspect on the performance you know like I'm a player you know <laughs> I need to fill up my schedule with gigs you know so the and the the lessons actually helped me do that because for a long time I was just looked at as a jazz player as like a swing player because I was in swing bands for years you know and I had my own swing band for about seven years which was great but it's a it's a small little section of the market you know nobody really thought of me as a like a funk player a rock player you know so um so the lessons for me was a way to kind of level the playing field pardon the pun <laughs> so you're slick that was funny so if i understand you correctly after the videos and the dvd people started to notice that you were able capable of playing different styles of music correct and yeah. then they then you started to get the other calls yeah okay. yeah yeah Makes sense. right so, so. So that goes back to being visible. Yes. Which is something we, we've talked about before here. It's funny, us musicians, you know, like it or not, we have to embrace the fact that there's some marketing that goes along with what we do. We have to market our skills. We have to say, hey, this is what I do. This is what makes me different. This is what makes me stand out. And um, you, it's a, it's a constant, you know, my theory or my motto is there is no magic bullet. You know, it's just if you're consistently putting thoughtful effort out there, uh, that's what makes a successful musician. You know, um, like you, you know, when you're not planning the next gig, when you're not booking your next gig, you're uh, doing a podcast, you're getting in touch with musicians, you're networking, you're going out to clubs to hear people that you might want to hire. You're going out to clubs to sit in with bands that you want to be hired with. You know, it's you're always putting little things out there. You never know what's going to catch. You never know what's going to be the one little catalyst to get you to the next step. But as long as you always do stuff, you can't be depressed about that. You know what I mean? Like that's you're, true. you're trying your hardest. You're doing things consistently, you know, so. That's true. And just two days ago, I, I had a a performance at my favorite jazz I club. I saw that. Which was at Andy's. Matter of fact. <laughs> I wanted I, to go. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned that on the, on the uh, podcast previous to this one. Anyway, I got, I got offered for another, another job there. And then cool. on my way home, I decided, hey, I don't get out enough. Let me go somewhere else. Wow, good for so you. So I, yeah. I went somewhere. It was local. And at this place, it was it was a bar, a, a, a very large bar, uh-huh. connected to a Brunswick zone. So okay. I guess a lounge. <laughs> yeah. And But here's the thing. They were, they were playing soul music. And these guys that were playing there, these are the guys who are getting the calls for Whenever somebody well-known is coming to town. So if Beyonce is coming to town, if Justin Timberlake's coming to town, fill in the blank. These are the guys who are playing with them or opening for them. 
So you never so, know. So yeah. It's just yeah, it's great. Yeah, so that's how you get on a first name basis with people. And you know, I even got offered uh for a job there. <laughs> that's great. So two yeah. one night, two job offers, you know, so that's why going out in And A important. you're great, but B, you're in their face. You know yes. what I mean? So I mean, you got the two gigs because you're out there, you're doing stuff, you know. Yeah, that's true. Wow, man, you thank you for breaking everything down. So <laughs> I, and I want to illust I want to uh put some things out there. You're very nice, by the way. Thank you very much. <laughs> I want to put some things out there that I noticed I'm going back to YouTube briefly. But because of what you did, because of the diligent work that you did, and some natural things are gonna happen. So these are the related channels that I found connected to your videos. Guitar Center is connected to your videos. Vic Firth, drumstick company, is connected to your video. Mike Johnston, who's another great teacher. Yeah. He has his uh, online teaching. Oh, right. Yeah. He's solid. He is. Guys, if you don't know who oh my Mike God, yeah. Johnston is, is great. check him out. So uh, the, he's connected to Gina's videos. And then I also saw DW Drums. Cool. So those are the related <laughs> videos. Nice. So that's that's a good company right there. All right. So you have a DVD. And I wanted to ask you a few questions about that before I let you go. Sure. Why did you create it? Well, I felt like it was the logical next step um, to me putting out these YouTube videos out there. So I thought, you know, it's, it's something that um, if people want to dig in, you know, I just had, I had more to say. And, but it was too long to put in a YouTube video. You know, some of these sections on this DVD is, you know, 40 minutes long. You know, I have a 13-minute intro to using brushes. I've got, like, 27 minutes of jazz stuff on there, a bunch of, like, so these were way too long and not necessarily as entertaining as some of the videos that I have out there for free on YouTube, but it's more for people who want to dig in and do the work. So the DVD is set up for people to play along with me the notes are on the bottom of the screen as they're watching the DVD. And it's kind of a way for drummers, especially if they don't read music, it's a good way for them to start to make that connection of playing what they're used to playing and making the connection of looking at the music and seeing what it looks like on the screen. Because about 40% of my gigs come from me being able to read music. I play a lot of big band stuff, you know, a lot of the theater work, some of the orchestral stuff. Um, it's because I know how to read music. And I, I just think that it makes me a lot more marketable than some uh, a drummer that maybe just necessarily plays by ear. I mean, okay, let's say, you know, Buddy Rich couldn't read music and he's, he's fantastic. So it's not a golden fast rule. But um, for people learning, I would say, why not learn to read music as well if you can? So I try to make that as easy as possible and as painless as possible in the DVD. So I just have a, I think I have a cool solid method of building on an easy rock beat, for instance, and, and just getting more and more complicated and, and taking the drummer through that. So all of that is, is in this uh, DVD. So yeah, I just wanted to I always wanted to make one. <laughs> so it's kind of a bucket list thing. All right, I have two more questions about the DVD. Uh, do you drop ship or do you uh, mail things out yourself? I mail things out myself, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And also wanted to know, uh, is this also a digital product or is it only That DVD? is a great question. I have a lot of um, uh, people looking at my stuff from around the world, and sometimes people aren't as confident 
in their postal system <laughs> as the U.S. I mean, we have a lot of great things going on here in the U.S. of A. And one of the things is we have, you know, can be confident that if we order something, it's going to be delivered to our home. Other parts of the country, like, you know, let's say Brazil or parts of Europe, they're a little, uh, they don't want to risk that. So a lot of people have been asking, can I just download it? So I am actually right in the works of, um, in the middle of doing that. Um, it should be available within probably three to five days, I would say. So I have the template on my website ready to go. I just have to um, kind of seal the deal with my my web expert. <laughs> right on. So uh, how can people get the DVD one more time? Uh, they can go to gkdrums.com. That's my website. Um, it's also drumlessonsgirl.com, but since that's kind of long, I also linked gkdrums.com so that will get you to the same place uh gk is my initials gina knight so um yeah that will get you there all the videos are on there i've got about maybe uh eight or ten videos of me playing live with different bands around town and um and then a couple of uh, videos with my current gig, the Blues Brothers, <laughs> is on there. So a lot of fun stuff. All my contact information's on there. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Gina, you've been great. Oh, thanks, Chris. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. You're so great. All thanks, right, man. This was fun. <laughs> Thank you. We'll see you soon. Okay, bye. That was our talk with Gina Knight, owner of Drum Lessons Girl. Dot com. You can also use gkdrums.com for Gina Knight. Wow, what a great talk we had. I really like certain things that Gina is doing. For example, she put a steady stream of videos out on YouTube. And without even trying, now she has tens of thousands of views. And on certain videos, she has hundreds of thousands of views. And her motives were pure. She just wanted to help people. She wanted to set a good example. She wanted to make herself available. And she also also wanted to stay visible and as a result now she has steady work and she created new opportunities for herself and she also created the DVD to to help the people who are more serious about about learning how to play drums and as a result of helping people as a result of being helpful now she has passive income with the DVD so that's a really great example thank you Gina for setting that example for us you guys have been great Thank you for pressing play, and thank you for sticking around this long. This episode is longer than most, but last episode was kind of short, so thank you again. Support Gina. Go to drumlessonsgirl.com and buy the DVD. Help her out, support her. If you don't need it, maybe you know somebody who is interested in learning how to play drum set. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys, again, and we'll catch you in the next episode. God bless your day.